Hey world, I'm Sherry, but people call me Switz. I played Division I collegiate basketball and played professionally in Switzerland and Romania. After playing ball, I moved to Brooklyn and met fashion designer Kimbali at a New York City party. And the rest is history. We are giving dope individuals a platform to share their journey and connect shared passions around the globe. Welcome to the Kimbali Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Kembali Podcast, a show dedicated to elevate dope individuals, share the journey they have been on, and connect people around the world with shared passions. I'm your girl, Switz, and today we have Maria Clifton, a.k.a. DJ Rhea, D1 Collegiate uh, basketball player, pro baller, actor, model, DJ, host. I mean, let me catch your breath. Everything that I'm talking about right now, my goodness, uh, you're just, you're that the New Yorker doing everything, huh? That's what you do. You know how we do. First off, Swiss, AKA my girl, Sherry in the building. I love you so much. People don't know. We have like a Kobe Shaq bond. Like to me, I really call us Kobe and MJ. Like I really feel that's how we are together when we play, but I'm super excited to be here. Not only am I blessed to be one of your teammates and friends and just get to know you over these years because of basketball has been so amazing so girl if it wasn't for the sports aspect I probably wouldn't have ran into you you know so I'm so blessed to have that going on in my life because now you and I are friends so thank you so much for that amazing introduction I love you I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of this platform that you guys got going on and I'm super excited to be here and thank you so much for having me as a guest Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, damn, Kobe and Shaq, Kobe and MJ. I mean, we might have to get some footage whenever we were balling. No, we really do. Like, if you haven't seen Sherry and I play, like, we win chips on chips. That's These are facts. But if you ever see us play, like, I know me and you are always going to win. Because it will be like, if you were Kobe, I'm MJ. If I'm All I MJ, do is win, 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 like, win, no matter what. what. Literally. And the way you ball and the way I ball, like, listen, we were unstoppable. I remember one time we were on opposite teams. First, I don't even know why. I don't even I don't even know how it happened. I was like, this can never happen again. <laughs> and then we've been on the same team and rocking. And then I had broke my ankle. So I wasn't able to ball out with you guys, unfortunately, anymore as much as I used to. And I really you didn't miss much because, uh, you know, COVID. So uh, <laughs> no, no, really no one's been those days because like that's like when we really bonded and hung out like those days like I was just talking to Jess Fairweather the other day about it and she was like that was where our prime and I'm like Jess I, I was out I had played four or five times a week like I was obsessed <laughs> what well, ball is life once a baller always a baller well I, I'm sure y'all can already feel the positivity the love coming from the screen because this is real family love um, but this is about you. So I, I kind of want to kick it over for everybody watching to just know who you are, where you came from, where you played ball. Um, let, let's just start this journey that you're on. Like, let, let's talk about you. So like, how did, you know, Maria come about, was raised and uh, became the uh, woman that you are today? Girl, you don't want me to tell a story. We'll be here all day. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, let's start. Let's dig into this. Um, I've been an athlete my whole life, started in third grade. I actually was a dancer first. I started when I was three. So my parents either wanted me to go to, you know, play. Actually, my parents either wanted me to go to Alvin Ailey or to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. My dream was to go to the WNBA and that's all I was going to do. And they couldn't tell me any different. I was going straight to the league. The blessing in it all is I grew up 
playing sports my whole life. Basketball was the most dominant. Played that and volleyball in high school, went to college, got a college basketball scholarship. I actually made it to the WNBA. A lot of people didn't know that. I went to the camp. I remember because I went to school in New Hampshire. I drove all the way to Boston. Oh, wait, time out, time out. Did you just say... Did you just say you went to the College of New Hampshire? Would that happen to be the America East Conference? Yes, but it was, listen, life was great. It was good. I'm a New Yorker, okay? So I didn't mind all of that, but if you don't like snow and you don't like cold, don't ever go there. Just Girl, you know I went to University at Albany, right? University of Albany. We, we were in the same conference, which is why as soon as you said New Hampshire, I'm like, you were a wildcat? I had to shout that out oh, real so quick. Like, I don't even know how we didn't like even cross paths or see each other maybe in the timing because like I was in Albany just hanging out a lot because one of my teammates was from Albany. So we would just hang out all the time. So that's even crazier. You want to know why? You want to know why we didn't cross paths? Why? Because everything happens in New York, baby. Hey, you already know. All right. So you go to New Hampshire. Uh, you were able to get to the WNBA camp. Tell me about that experience. Go to the camp. That was awesome. So I remember it was crazy because I didn't know too much about it. I didn't even have really an agent. I just remember speaking to different agents and people because I grew up playing in New York City. So I played summer ball my whole life at Rucker Park, West 4th Street, all this craziness. I was, you know, street ball, jail ball. It was we We got it in in New York, like straight up. So I remember finally getting to this camp, experience all this and I get, I'm playing in games left and right, you know, and you're playing against girls you've never met before, like big girls, small girls, like it, it was insane. Like, so finally I remember getting picked up. I got picked up by the Chicago Sky, which was Muggsy Bogues team. And I remember meeting him. He was so tiny. He's super cute. He was so Yo, nice. Do you want to know how full circle this is? My first favorite basketball player ever was Muggsy Bogues. And you got to meet him and play and be a part of the, the franchise that he was Congratulations, girl. Congratulations. All right, keep it going. So you meet Muggsy, Chicago Sky, you're picked up. Yes, it wasn't as sweet as we thought, though, because I had um, an injury that plagued me. So I had a three torn ligaments in my left ankle. I failed my physical, so I was unable to play unless I had reconstructive surgery. I did not want to have surgery because during those times in the early 2000s, you know, um, reconstructive surgery was between nine to 12 months. I've never sat more than maybe two months, and that's when I did this injury. I've sat and I was able to heal back, but I did not want to have surgery. So I asked what's the other possibilities if I could just do physical therapy and physically really like, rehabilitate, will I still be able to play? They said, yes, but not in the WNBA because it's liability, you know, it's insurance. Like they're, they're not going to take a half broken person <laughs> and be like, Oh, you're going to be amazing. We're not going to waste money on you. So I ended up playing overseas in Germany, uh, which was great because I had gone to high school on exchange in Hamburg. So I went back, played there, it was awesome. I had a great time, played there for about seven to eight months. This injury, the left ankle again, kept kind of bothering me. So I remember getting a phone call from my dad and he's like, hey, Maria, listen, what's going on? And I'm like, dad, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play any longer. Because like in overseas, it's not like the WNBA or the NBA where you have practice, shoot around and this. No, it's two a days. We're climbing mountains. We're going like it's, it's extensive. So it was like another four years of college. It felt like for me. And I was like, I did my four years of college. That's why I did it. I'm out. It's over. <laughs> like, I did not want to go. Yo, fuck these suicides. I did this shit for four years. With a co this is professional now. I'm not climbing mountains. I, I, I feel you. Come on. So I didn't want to do it. So I'm like, not going to happen. I'm not doing it. Um, so I ended up after all this happens, right? I'm like, oh, no, I ended up deciding, you know, my dad says, do you want a job or a career? That's what it ultimately comes down to. So I'm like, damn, a 
okay, I want, I want a career. I just don't want to have a job right now. He's like, this is a job right now. This is a job for you. If you're not going to do it long-term, it's not going to be a career anymore. So this is just a job. So what, what's going to be the career. So he made me think about it. I remember calling back my old bosses because I used to work for the New York, um, the New York Knicks, sorry, back uh, my junior and senior year. I was on exchange, sorry, not exchange. I was on an internship with them, which was awesome. So I worked in the front office for the New York Knicks, my junior and senior year in field marketing, community relations. So I called my old boss and asked if the position was still open because right before I left to go play overseas and all of that, they did have a position open, but I wanted to play ball, right? But now comes back full circle. They have the position open still. So I come back and I'm starting to work there. So I went to school for sports business. I minored in marketing communication. So this was right down my lane. It was perfect. Worked for the front office for six years. It was the Knicks. I grew up, you know, a Knicks fan my whole life. My dad was taking me to games since I was a kid, since I was three years old. I remember going to games. Um, I remember I even bumped into Jeff Hornacek and Michael Jordan's leg one time crossing like the main entrance. Like, Wait, you hit Michael Jordan's leg? Yes. Like they were playing and it was, it was crazy. I remember like it, there, it's called gate one. Cause I worked there. So I now, I now know what it's called, <laughs> but it gate one, that was like the main gate where the players come in and out. And I was a kid and I ran across and I lost my dad's hand and I ran and hit this guy and I looked up and I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? And my dad goes, Oh my God, that was Michael Jordan. Like, and I was like, what? And he was like, yes. And I was like, no way. But I was a little kid. I don't remember this. He always tells this epic story. So I'm like, okay, dad. Anyways. So I was touched with greatness. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that explains a lot. That explains a lot. That's right. That's right. No, I'm kidding. So, so you back with the New York Knicks, you're working with them. You said six or seven years. Um, what happens next? So why I'm working there, I remember one of my friends worked for the New York Rangers and he goes to me, hey, I got a job over at the Giants. I'm leaving. My position's opened up. I put your name in the, in the list for this. And I'm like, what? I was like, why would you do that? I don't know anything about hockey, dude. Like, huh? And he's like, no, no, no. This will be perfect for you. Like, trust me, you'll love it. Long story short, I go through this interview process. I'm sitting there. I remember they're sitting there. And I'm, I'm honest. You have to be honest. In life, guys, just please be honest in whatever you do. So I said, listen, I don't know anything about hockey. I don't know why I'm up for this position. Like, Damien just told me I would be a good fit. I'm still trying to figure out how and why. And the VP of all of the garden, you know, he does event presentation. And he's like, it, honestly, it, it has nothing to do with you knowing hockey. It has to do with your personality. So I was like, oh, Okay. So he's like, listen, it, the more I can instill in you and trust in you, and I know you can get this done because of, you know, your background and all of this, I can trust this and I can focus on that. You will help me. Everything will be great and it will work out. And I'm like, okay, this works. Let's, let's try this. Let's do this. So I end up working for the New York Rangers. I don't know anything once again about hockey and I'm working for the National Hockey League for the last three years that I worked there, running the whole arena, which was one of the best experiences of my life. Shout out to my old boss, Ryan Hulkett, who now works for the Islanders. Um, so they're going to be opening up soon. And he actually gave me a phone call. So I might be over by the Islanders next. You might see me over there. So blessings to that. But yeah, so I'm super grateful for those opportunities. I ended up doing fan camp for the New York um, Liberty as well while I was there because I was working event presentation. Shout out and to I the WNBA doing big Shout things right now. Shout out to all right my now. girls, all my little sisters in there, Kia Vaughn, Epiphany Princes, the Bria Hartleys, all the good guys. Oh, the list goes on. But shout out to all of them. So it was amazing and it was a blessing. I loved it. I had the best time ever. 
But I worked there during the Isaiah Thomas and Nunca Brown situation. So they were not going to let women pass a certain point. If you guys don't know about this case, look it up. It was where this woman, Anunka Brown, actually played against her. She was awesome. I think she went to Northeastern or Northwestern, but she was, oh, she was a baller. She was like, and she had the highest paid woman's job in the industry at that point. There was another woman, I think it was for the Lakers as well, but she ran marketing for all three teams, Knicks, Liberty, and um, the Rangers. So it was a huge position. They lost 12 point, I think 1 million or 11.8 something million to her during this case. So at that point, they were not going to let women pass a certain point. It was like, boom, this is it. This is your only ceiling. Now, if you don't know me in life, I can't stop. I, I have to keep evolving. I have to keep growing. Even if I had a billboard or I was in the biggest movie ever, it wouldn't be enough for me. It wouldn't suffice me. I'd have to go bigger and better. Like what's the only next competition in your life is yourself. Right. So I'm like, I got to get out of this. I got to leave. So I remember, you know, my promotions meeting, they said, where do you see yourself in five years? And I looked at the VP. I said, in your seat, what do you mean? Like, I'm not going to just sit here and be complacent. <laughs> so I I ended up like, nah, I got to get out of here. So I made a few phone calls. I had some friends within the industry. They get a set up a meeting for me to Ford models. I work with Ford models for about a year. I left the industry. So now I'm modeling and acting um, full time. I'm with innovative artists doing my acting and I'm liking it. But you're not just like Giselle, Naomi Campbell. You just don't get contracts, millions. It doesn't work like that, right? You got to hustle, especially in New York. You go on these things called castings. So you got to go on castings. You got to maintain your job. And if you're a New Yorker, you're basically like almost, you know, quote unquote, the Jamaican funny thing where it's like, how many jobs do you have? That's kind of like in New York, like how many jobs do you have? So I'm working three, four jobs. I'm trying to fill in my time. What am I going to do? So I start bartending. I start doing all these other things. So I'm bartending at this steakhouse. My old boss, his name, Ryan Hulkett, once again, comes in Why I'm bartending. And he goes, hey, we hire this talent during halftime of the Knicks games, intermission of the Ranger games that teaches models how to DJ. And it's basically a company that just has beautiful women that DJ and they teach models how to DJ. I think this will be perfect for you. And I'm like, what? Ryan, why would you think these crazy things? Like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I remember you telling me you love music. I used to play violin and flute in the orchestra and jazz band growing up my whole life. Love music, super musically inclined. So like, he was like, this will be perfect for you. So I remember they were in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. I would go two to three times a week and I would go for a few hours every week on those days and train. And it was a husband and wife and it was called stage management at that time. And the husband was the DJ, this Eurocentric DJ from Israel. And the wife was like the, the brains and operations of this all. So like, I only really learned like EDM and dance and like all this, like, like techno house top. Was it like the that's how you learn DJing? Oh my God. It was all like this, right? Cause I was playing at the W hotels, Lavo dream hotels. Like I was playing in the Hamptons. They had Costa Rica. So it was like a lot of white people posh spots. So like I was bawling and it was great. But I ended up leaving the company after two, three years. They don't even actually exist anymore. Um, and I just started doing my own thing because I'm from New York City. So I had friends and people. I was always in the club scene. Reach out to me and ask me, do you want to do a gig? Do you want to do a party? Do you want to open up for us? Do you want to do something? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Come on, let's do it. You know, whatever. So it ended up being really fun and really awesome. And here we are. And I've pretty much over the past few years 
have worked with every every brand you could possibly think of in in any go, type. Go of way. ahead, go ahead, shout them shout them out a little bit. What are some of the brands that you've DJed for? I know Jordan's on there, Reebok's on there. Come on, go um, ahead. Porsche, BMW. I DJed like the F1 Mercedes Benz party in Canada, which was sick. Like Lewis Hamilton was hosted. Like oh, that was epic, and he's fine. Um, I've done so many different events. I've traveled for it as well like adidas nike puma reebok um basically every single brand that there is yeah all, all the top brands the macy's lord and taylor's but i i do gotta ask you an important one though because also uh as a knicks fan growing up and you being able to be a part of uh madison square gardens which is considered the mecca of basketball tell me how it was being able to dj in Madison Square Gardens? Because I, I know you had a gig there because, again, she's not just my friend. I'm a fan, so I, I follow her. Tell, tell me what that experience was like. Girl, it was, honestly, I shed a tear. I'm, I'm very humble and grateful and so thankful. God, everything, I owe every, all of that, and my parents, too. But it, it was just to come full circle and to be there, you know, like, cause if I wasn't going to be on that court playing as a player, like I grew up playing there in tournaments, you know, we played, got to play at the garden, all this, then actually working there and running it. And then working also on the arena side, like I lived in the arena, people would be like, where's your bed? Because I would be there so often because I worked for both teams. So I was always in the arena. Um, it was just, it was surreal. Like I literally shed a tear. Like I just had to take the moment in because I was able to come back full circle and now I'm on the big screen, but not being an athlete, not playing, you know what I'm saying? Like not playing, not doing what I thought I was going to be there doing in general. Like I was there in a whole nother like shape and form. And it was so surreal to be there. And then I got to do the um, New York, uh, sorry, the New York, the Brooklyn Nets last year, I got to DJ their halftime show and actually during pride night. So it was so fun. It was dope. I literally just got the video today um, that they sent me because I've been asking for it, but COVID hit because it happened March 4th and then COVID happened like a, a literally a week or two later when we all found out and everything shut down. So it was pretty surreal and epic, like just to be able to DJ in both those arenas and be on the big screen and all that. Cause like I'm in the moment of it. I didn't see any of that until friends and people sent me videos. I'm like, Oh my God, that's what it looked like. And even when I look now today, like I still tear up and I'm like, well, yeah, that was crazy. That was so surreal. Like I really did that. Like, you know, cause when I perform or I go into, you know, whether I'm modeling, DJing, whatever I do, it's weird. Like I black out. And I, I always call it like my Phoenix moment where like I just transform and I just boom, showtime, I'm on, it's ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And then I'm done and I'm like, what just happened? Like, I don't even know until I see footage or film later and I'm like, oh, damn, I was balling. Like, you know how we, if you watch footage of you playing basketball, like you're out there, you're just doing our thing, right? And you are killing and you're like, damn, you're 22 or yeah, this, when? And then you look at the play and you're like, oh, I because you remember every move you did, but you just don't I mean, remember. That's, like, that's what they call being like, in the zone. And clearly yeah. Yeah, when you perform, you, you get yourself in the zone. But I, I think it's great what you're talking about where you shed a tear because, you know, you always think you're going to be a baller and you're going to do this and it, it transforms and it transcends. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a negative. I, I, I think it's beautiful how you still got your dream, but in a different light. So to like everybody watching and like kind of like in that rut of transformation, you know, college out, different sports, different venues, like what's kind of like, you know, your, your words of encouragement, um, the blueprint that you can share of like how you kept going and you can fulfill your dream in a different way. What would you say to those watching right now? Um, the biggest thing is believe in yourself. 
just believe in yourself because I was always the type of person I had to plan this. I wanted to do this. I had my one goal. That's it. Da, da, da. Then when that didn't work out, everything was like hit the fan. I didn't know how to control it. Life. I'm like, what do you do? What do you like? How, uh, how is this out of control right now? But it's really not. You know what I'm saying? If something doesn't work out, you're resilient. That's the type of like when we're a player, like something knocks you down, you get hurt, whatever. You got to get back up and you got to play. I don't know if that's the athlete in me, the grind, the hustle, all that good stuff in me, the motivation, like to be a self-motivator is a huge thing. Like to wake up every morning and be like, even if it's a bad day, like get up, it's good. Come on. We got to do this, you know, to have that in you. It takes a lot, but I really feel that you just really got to believe in yourself. I've had a great support system around me. My family is my everything. And if it wasn't for them always believing in me and telling me when something didn't happen and didn't work out, that you can always come out of this. This is temporary. This is not something that's going to last. You can always get through this. That always just kept putting the battery in my back. So definitely have a great support system around you. You're not Superman. You can't do this all by yourself. You know, they're like, I in team, there is no I in team, right? You got to have that team. And I've always had that winning team mentality. So regardless or not, even if it's me, myself and I, that's still a team right there, baby. (laughs) Facts. Well, give it, give a shout out to yourself for everybody watching now. That's clearly like, all right, I got to watch her. I got to see whether she's going to be with the Nets, with the Knicks, with the Liberty. So shout out your platforms, the projects that you're involved with. Uh, How can everyone follow along? Yes. Well, first off, please tune in. It's DJ Rhea, Rhea Rhea 5. R-I-A-R-I-5 on Instagram, all of their social platforms, Rhea Rhea 5. You can find me either djria.nyc, that's my website. And I have my own podcast, Maria in the Mix. And Swiss, Sherry, you're going to be on it. So I will see you soon. And we're going to talk about all the podcast stuff that you have going on on it. So stay tuned for that. But it's on Twitter, it's on YouTube, and all those other good platforms. So please tune in. Always a grinder, like a true New Yorker. Again, this is I got to go DJ right now. Uh, exactly. She already got another gig. She got to go. Maria Clifton, a.k.a. DJ Rhea, actor, model, DJ, host. I'm your girl, Switz. That's the girl that never sleeps right there. Maria, thank you for tuning in to the Kembali podcast. Stay tuned for what we have coming up. Peace, y'all. I love you guys. Thank you.